Today's sponsor is Casper, an online retailer of premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Get $50 toward any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com slash recode and using the promo code recode. Terms and conditions apply. Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the actual future mayor of San Francisco, and I do not mean on Foursquare, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode, and while you're there, leave us a review. Today in the red chair are Dennis Crowley, the executive chairman of Foursquare, someone I've known for a very long time, and Jeff Glick, the CEO of Foursquare, who recently got the job. Dennis co-founded the local discovery app in 2009, and Jeff joined the company in 2014 as its COO. He became CEO in January of this year. Dennis and Jeff, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having us. Good to see you. Dennis, I'm going to start with you. We go back a long ways when you were a dodgeball when you were a long time ago. That's right, yeah, back in so, 2005. So explain for the people who may not know of your internet fame, which I do, what that was. Yeah, Dodgeball was our grad school thesis project mm-hmm. out of the ITP program at NYU. And it was, um, if you remember Friendster, it was like kind of Friendster but for cell phones. And the mm-hmm. idea is anytime that you went out with your, with your friends, you would check in via text message and you would say, you know, you send a text message and you'd just say, I'm at magician, mm-hmm. literally at sign the magician or right. the library or this restaurant, whatever. And it would broadcast that message to all of your friends that were in that city. Mm-hmm. And what would happen a lot of times is uh, people would show up, people would get the message and show up and you hanging out with one person would turn into five people showing up and they would all check in, then 10 people would be there, then 20 people would show up, and it was a lot of fun back in 2005, 2006. Right, exactly, which then you were at Google for the shortest time ever. Um, two years, that's two a years. long time. Okay, yeah. all right, it probably seemed like a long time. Um, <laughs> and then you moved on to Foursquare, which was a variation on the idea, correct? Yeah, when we were at Google, like I think one of the, th- the big things that we realized, one of the big eye-opening opportunities was, you know, we could run these queries on the dodgeball data set. And I could run queries that would say, you know, show me all the places that are in my neighborhood, the East Village, that people check in on Saturday and Sunday between 11 o'clock and 1 o'clock and sort them by popularity and highlight the ones that my friends have been to and remove the ones that I've already been to, I've already checked into. And there would be your list of the best brunch places to go to. And I think this is like this magical, evolving, personalized city guide. Someone should make this thing. And uh, you know, we we tried to convince Google to do it, and they they weren't interested at the time. And so when we left Google, you know, I kind of took about a year off, not really doing much. And then we decided, actually, let's let's go build that thing. Mm-hmm. The world needs that thing. Let's let's build it. And, and it we absolutely it blew up. You were one of those. I'm not gonna say shooting stars because you'll take exception with that characteristic, but you guys really blew up in terms of fame and attention that you got at South by Southwest, and then following yeah. that. Well, there, I mean, remember there wasn't a lot of stuff going on no, then. Like, there wasn't. It was like one app a month, and right? So if you launch an app, like TechCrunch would write about you for a month, and right? It was great. Right. Um, it's a lot different now, but mm-hmm. I also think we, you know, we made something that was new and novel and clever, mm-hmm. and I know people people did they they loved it. And what was it about that 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 created that? That created that for Foursquare. fervor. Well, remember, it. we had, it was, you know, the check-in, but we had the badges, and mm-hmm. the badges were, like, fun the and, and the snarky mayor. and yeah. the mayor stuff. No one had ever made, like, a 
location-based kind of fun hipster snarky game. game about yeah. places right and you know we you it's know, funny we, that pokemon go is sort of yeah, like 10 years later yeah right, right. Yeah, yeah yeah well i mean it, in before that you know people were doing location-based games and mm-hmm. i'm hoping there's gonna be a lot more of them now yeah we're, actually it's fun to talk about how foursquare gets to power that stuff mm-hmm. but yeah i mean like it's it's funny that like we put the check-in in foursquare because we wanted the signal of where people were going so that we could you know, give them personalized recommendations and tell them about the places they should go to. Right. The thing that was unexpected is that that part of the story got lost and all people cared about was the game. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, we didn't really want to make a game. We, we have this game, people love playing it, mm-hmm. but it's all about the data. And then I think what happened is people started, you know, like, you know a game can only be fun for so long. That's absolutely as you, true. As you see with Pokemon Go and, mm-hmm. and others. You know, we had to find a way to say, okay, listen, it is now about discovery, right? It's about finding amazing places in the world, which we still do. And then I think, you know, one of the things that we've done over the last couple of years is, you know, make sure that the business reflects, um, you know, all the amazing things that we can do with our data and all the things that we're doing now with location intelligence and advertising. Well, you're using that term, location analytics. intelligence. I'm going to bring Jeff in here yeah, in a yeah. minute. But you sort of changed from this sort of hot, hot, hot internet company, which it happens to a lot of people. It happens, mm-hmm. that, you know, I'm thinking there's tons and tons of companies like this that, and most of them get sold. Most of them get sold right when they're they're hot. A hot one right now is Slack, for example, um, which may or may not get sold, but it's certainly in the ethos of hot companies. And, and it's sort of the thing that happens in the internet space. Snapchat's been holding on for a while, which is a communication service, essentially. Why are you using these terms? Because you're right, it started off as a game and then people were like, eh, like that kind of thing. So what is, each of you, I'd love you to say first, Dennis, and then you, Jeff, what is Foursquare now? What do you see it as now? Yeah, I mean, what I think our answers are going to be similar, which is great. Uh, no, we we talk about we're a location intelligence company. We have these con- these two consumer apps uh, that generate lots of data Swarm. about in, in the Swarm app and the Foursquare app. Foursquare, mm-hmm. the city guide, and Swarm, the check-in game, mm-hmm. and they both generate a tremendous amount of data about what's happening in the real world. Where are people going in the real world? We also have a developer ecosystem, about a hundred thousand people building on top of our platform, and this is. You know, Uber and Twitter and Apple and Pinterest and Microsoft and others. And, you know, we're getting signals back from them as well, which allows us to make this amazing map of the world. Um, And so what do we do with all this data and map of the world? Well, we use it to make advertising products. We use it to do uh, analytics about, you know, the, the types of people that are going to certain places. We use that for marketing purposes. We're able to um, sell that to folks that are interested in those types of analytics. And then also we're doing uh, lots to um, with data licensing, right? Mm-hmm. With this amazing map of the world and information of more than 100 million places in the world. And we're able to license that data to developers and to, you know, analysts and to all sorts of other enterprises. All right, Jeff. This is Jeff Glick, who's now the CEO, who took over from Dennis recently. Well, I would give the, the exact same answer. I thought that was perfect. I, I think being Don't a lo- be a yes man, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I think being a location intelligence company is an even bigger ambition than the companies ever had before in that we built this technology that understands the real world. And when you walk around with the phone in your pocket, it can enable this connection between digital experiences and the real world experiences. You, t- you mentioned Pokemon Go, but we've been doing this for a while. We now understand if the phone in your purse or in your back pocket moves through, you know, an organic juice place in the morning and onto the gym or through Burger King and, you know, onto the donut store. Uh, we, we get to know people and we want technology to be smart about the things you care about. And that connecting 
you know, the best experiences in the world that happen in the real world and the 90% of the economy that happens not in e-commerce but in the real world with digital. And so that's why we're powering better pickup locations for Uber, why we're making Apple Maps smarter, why we're helping Tencent build, you know, better experiences in, in WeChat. All of these things are powered, you know, Pinterest tagging, Twitter tagging, all of that is our, our location intelligence platform. But we're also helping hedge funds understand how foot traffic is is changing. And right, but is this a pivot, Jeff? I mean, I mean, because it's a different story than, you've had a couple stories, you've had a couple different things over the years, but is it a different kind of business? I mean, it sounds like a business to business enterprise business, essentially. You know, I think, when Dennis started the company, he talked about the location layer of the internet, right. and and so Which he did, and that's in the back in two thousand nine. And mm-hmm. I think we've taken that, and we're still doing that. But now a lot of the revenue is coming for using our technology and our platform to do that through much bigger uh, brands and partners, and enabling them to use the location intelligence. Right. Um, so understanding the shape, the, how the phones see the world for one hundred and six million businesses, mm-hmm. so that. You know, your iPhone or your Android can understand you moved in and out of something and build a, a personalized experience for you, whether it's advertising or content or analytics. And so I think it's an evolution growing up that what we built the technology to understand how phones see the world may be more valuable in an economic sense than just the apps themselves. Right. So, so are you a consumer app, Dennis, anymore? Do you call, I mean, you have consumer apps, but it's not really the, I don't, I think it's open. My Foursquare app is open, but I don't use it the way I'm trying to, I use very few apps now. Yeah, well, we have, increased. we actually have, we have yeah. two consumer apps right, that right. everyone knows about. But do you like see that. it as a consumer business anymore? Well, you know, we at company meetings a lot. Like, what we'll do is we have this this image that we show, and it's like a, mm-hmm. a pyramid. Mm-hmm. And at the bottom of the pyramid, it's the consumer apps, mm-hmm. the Foursquare app and the Swarm app. And both of those apps are generating signals about like where people go and what's interesting, mm-hmm. and you know whether they're actually open, you're using it, checking in, or whether it's you know in the background, and you're just carrying the phone around with you. Mm-hmm. And the middle layer of that is you know all the things that we can end up doing with that data all the enterprise products and advertising products that we built on top of it Mm -hmm. and then on the top is like okay if we're generating revenue from all the amazing things that we've done off of this you know foundation of the consumer apps how do we reinvest that to build other amazing consumer experiences or other amazing enterprises experiences Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so that that's kind of the way that we think about it the consumer apps are driving all of the data that you know is is performing so well for the company Mm -hmm. but it's those enterprise products that allow us to continue to innovate and build these things. So, Jeff, why not just be an enterprise company? Like, why? You know, because here, like, you're one of your part. Uber's got to be one of your biggest partners, correct? Absolutely. So, is that not enough, or is that not? You know, the the engagement of Swarm users, in particular, as well as Foursquare users, is what builds our map. So, mm-hmm. two million people last year helped edit our database of those mm-hmm. 100 million businesses. This place closed, this place moved, the phone mm-hmm. number changed. That's an incre- I mean, we're a 200 person company, and so to have 2 million editors mm-hmm. uh, exploring the world the way Google bots explore the web, that's mm-hmm. a really powerful thing, and that comes from our community. Um, an analogy would be more like a LinkedIn, mm-hmm. where it's the, the users creating this sort of graph of their backgrounds and their interests, and then a lot of the revenue is is enterprise customers who want access to that kind of data or that mm-hmm. um, recruiting so tools. Or like, so the consumer apps are the foundation of everything. We're sort of a crowdsourced community, the way Wikipedia or Waze or Dark Sky might be. You know, that we depend on our users and we we deliver great value mm-hmm. back to them by constantly working hard to find the great place that they, that they haven't tried that's authentic and different mm-hmm. um, wherever they are around the world. And so and that's an exchange and in return. 
at the aggregate anonymous level, we're learning what are the most popular places in, a, in any category in, in 200 countries in any neighborhood. And so I think it, it like LinkedIn or, or these other crowdsource plays, it's a, a sort of symbiotic relationship between the consumer and the enterprise. It's almost a Robin Hood thing in that um, <laughs> unlike Yelp, you know, Which you could compare it to. Yeah, I mean, the, the City Guide is very much occupying the same space as Yelp, although that's only one of our products. Mm-hmm. But, you know, they're, they have several thousand people who dial the pizzeria and the bar and try to get them to pay mm-hmm. each month. Mm-hmm. You know, our, our ratings are really neutral. We, we recommend the great banh mi sandwich shop or the great ramen place. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not biased in any way. But at the aggregate, that data is now, you know, powering Apple Maps or Uber pickups or better widgets in Samsung phones around the world, or Microsoft Mm -hmm. is using it to make Cortana smarter. So we're kind of uh, helping the little guys, um, but we're charging the the big Fortune 500 companies. Mm. I see. Interesting. So talk a little bit about what you've done recently. You have some new things you've been doing to the apps. What are the new things you've done just this week? Well, we can talk about it on the consumer side, or we can talk about it on the enterprise side. On the consumer side... You know, this is a big week. We just hit 10 billion check-ins, mm-hmm. um, which is amazing. That's a ton of data. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's powering all the stuff that we're talking about that we can do, which is which is a lot of fun. Uh, in addition, you know, iOS 10 just came out, so we launched a new version of the Foursquare right. City Guide app, which is you know, coincidentally Foursquare 10.0. Um, you know, just continuing to make it simpler and prettier and faster and sleeker. Uh, and then we just launched a new version of the Swarm check-in app. Uh, that enables people to get discounts on things in the real world. Right? Mm-hmm. When you check into a place on Swarm, you, you earn these virtual coins. Right. And we're now we're allowing people to spend those coins to get like real things, like a free cup of coffee, a discount on a shirt at Uniqlo, for example. Uh, and so I'd like to see us continue to do that and, do, and get more merchants uh, involved in that program. Where they get, where people get deals. For yeah, yeah. Time. I mean, people love getting deals, and it, you know, it's like a payoff. You're blowing Groupon in. onto there. Like, well, it's not, it's not Groupon, no, yeah. right? But it's, it's, it is. It's like you know, this is like in, in Foursquare's DNA. Yeah. Like, how do we help people save money? How do right. you make free stuff rain from the sky for people right. that are you know checking into these places? Right. And now right. we're you know we're getting better at that. Right. And in the enterprise space, Jeff? Well, we're working with a a lot of um, companies to make their experiences better through location intelligence. So we might help a Groupon competitor like a SnipSnap. Um, Never heard of it, but all right. uh, Well, you know, just an example. uh, Remind you as you walk into a store that you've saved a coupon at and things like that. We're enabling these experiences uh, that are smart based on where you're going in the real world. So that's where a lot of the... Who's now your most important partner? Was it be Uber or Pinterest or... You know, uh, we're, we're lucky that we have uh, a ton of them. I mean, among the bigger ones would be Microsoft and Twitter, where mm-hmm. we power the global location platform. But Pinterest and Samsung are big customers. Apple, Uber, certainly. Um, Explain what you do for Twitter for, for listeners who don't understand. Sure. Um, when you tweet, you can add a location. One right. of our 106 million locations to your tweet. Like, hey, I'm finally back on the treadmill here at, you know, at the gym. And we'll tag that photo with the equinox in right. Columbus Circle or whatever it is, but you don't have to type it. We know that that photo was taken. Sometimes you have to it. type it. Sometimes. We're, we're about, you know, over 90% accurate that one of the first three options will be. Right. I mean, that's what we're known for because mm-hmm. we're looking at the Bluetooth beacons. And we're I was just at the in Wi-Fi. Australia. You need more in Australia. I was <laughs> noticing that when I was on Twitter. It was interesting. Different places I go, which is fascinating. All right, when we get back, we're going to talk more about check-ins and Foursquare and where it's going and where the whole sort of check-in location-based economy is going because there's all kinds of changes going on. We're here with Dennis Crowley, the founder of Foursquare and the CEO, Jeff Glick. 
This show is brought to you by SoFi, and today I'm talking to Alina Lucas, a member of SoFi's Entrepreneur Program. SoFi is a new kind of finance company pairing great service with low rates. The Entrepreneur Program is just one of its awesome member benefits, providing entrepreneurs with an opportunity to pause their student loans while they launch their businesses. We're here with Alina Lucas, and her company is called? Utility API. That's a catchy one. I know. (laughs) So how did you get started? Well, I wanted to be part of renewables and climate change and figured out the one way to do that is with mm-hmm. technology. So what does that mean? We get data out of utilities for solar and storage companies. Right. And then sell it to them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I uh, you know, went to school to go build a better life for myself. I want to make the world a better place. Uh-huh. And I'm pretty terrified of climate change. Uh-huh. And I wanted to do something about it. So how did SoFi help you get this? Did you consolidate your loans or what happened? Yeah, consolidated and got a better rate. The fact that they have a career services department, that's my favorite part. Mm-hmm. Shouldn't a student loan company want you to yeah. pay off your student loans and have a career? Putting yourself out there, I'm in control of my own career uh-huh. instead of some reorg in some corporation putting right. me out of work. Learn more about SoFi and student loan refinancing at SoFi.com. That's S-O-F-I dot com. Terms and conditions apply at SoFi dot com slash legal. We're here with Dennis Crowley and Jeff Glick. Jeff is the CEO of Foursquare and Dennis is the famous founder of Foursquare. So let's talk a little bit about the ups and downs of being an entrepreneur, Dennis, because you have had them in the same company, which is really interesting. So you got new funding. Explain where Foursquare is and why you stepped down as CEO. I just, to be honest, it's just, it's, exhausting job and mm-hmm. it got to the point where you know the business had matured to such a point to a, to a certain point we had um we were entering this world of hey these enterprise and advertising products are really taking off and you know we should make some organizational changes and make sure that the company has a ceo that is you know that knows that space inside and out and that is you know in in the right spot to take the company to where it needs to be mm-hmm. and so you know i brought jeff in in 2004 14 as the as our COO and we worked together for gosh it probably you know what a, a year and change uh, before you know I was like listen I'm thinking about making a change here and I think you're the guy that 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 should should lead the business going forward and you know, I'd be lying if I said like when I when I interviewed you back in the day I don't know if we had this conversation I interviewed you back in the day I was thinking could this guy be in this role you know if I ever didn't want it in the future mm-hmm. and you know that was, that was one of the things I was thinking about and so you know we, we talked a lot and we, we we found a way to make it work and um, you know I think the business is, is in a great position and I you think got Jeff's refunded a great job. or refinanced so there was a lower valuation correct. Well, we made some changes to the you know the way that we think about the, the the company in general. I think in the past it had been valued as a you know runaway rocket ship consumer internet brand that has right. a native advertising business. Mm-hmm. And you know as we started to you know as the business started to mature and we saw how we were going to make money actually through, make money yeah through data licensing and ad, and some advertising technology and a lot through the place analytics and the foot traffic stuff that we've been talking about. We realized that you know we needed to make some changes to the way that we thought about the company and the way that we had structured some things. Right, right. It was that. Hard. I mean, because you, you do get on this rocket ship, this kind of thing, which you were one of the people who did. Is that difficult to shift that from a well, mental point of view as an entrepreneur? It's when you look at the alternative, like the alternative for a lot of companies is like you just don't get to fight another day. Right. You, you, know, just close. you don't get financed. The investors yeah. don't believe in you. 
you know, there's no business, there's no market for your product. And those companies go away and then no one ever, you know, hears about them again. And, you know, like we are so fortunate that, you know, we have an amazing team, we have amazing people, uh, we have amazing investors. And, you know, we're actually we're, we're like we're clever and we're smart and we're scrappy and we mm-hmm. keep finding ways to, you know, take the assets that we have and to build on top of them. Right. And so, you know, it's it is difficult to figure out how to put those puzzle pieces together in the moment. And it's like it really drives you nuts. It's like it's like when I was a CEO, I was like at my wits end, like, man, this is this is driving me kind of bananas. But, you know, we're able to get it done. And the company is in a much stronger position now than, it, than it's been in the past. And I'm really excited and proud of it. Now, when you do that, I mean, Slack was a game company and it used an internal system. I mean, yeah, there's yeah. lots of stories. Twitter was something else, Odeo, and then yeah. was this, and now who knows what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But um, Well, the, the name of the game is like survival. Right. You know, like you got to be around long enough to figure out what works for you. Mm-hmm. And so people like mm-hmm. to throw the terms like, oh, you're pivoting. It's like, mm-hmm. well, you know, like you, you find a way to, to make things work. Mm-hmm. Like when you we hate st- that word pivot? Um, I don't think it applies to us, to be mm-hmm. honest, because when we started the company, we knew, hey, we can make these apps that will generate a ton of data. We can do magical things with the mm-hmm. data. And we found magical things to do with the data. It's not like we're we're selling socks on the internet now. Like that's right. a pivot. Like right. we are really doing amazing Are you going to sell socks? That's the thing I want to talk about next. Okay, good. <laughs> All right, Jeff, talk about your background. You came from where? So uh, back in 1999, I co-founded a, a company that you, I'm sure, have not heard of called Site 59. But Site 59. Site 59. Last minute travel. Mm-hmm. 59th minute procrastination All right. travel. That's what the 59 is. Yeah, yeah that's what the 59. That. Not, right. so not it's a little too esoteric. I got to tell you. Yeah. It should be cheap tickets. Stuff. Anyway, <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because uh, we built our own brand, but what we really did was we, we made it possible to get up in the morning on Friday and for 200 bucks go off to Miami, right. flight, hotel, car rental, uh, because there were empty seats and empty sure. hotel rooms. And so became about a $125 million business in two years uh-huh. because we figured out that we could power AOL travel and right. Orbits and Travelocity and American Airlines last minute deals and all of that stuff. And we built it up. Again, the technology that we built for our own Cyber 9 brand had a bigger impact when we put it on you know, the homepage of Yahoo. Right. We ran Yahoo travel deals and things. And so um, we built it up and then uh, Travelocity acquired it. So uh-huh. I ran marketing for a bunch of years for Travelocity. Right. So how'd you get to Foursquare? What was that? Uh, I went out to, moved out to Palo Alto and uh, became CEO of a company called Skyfire that mm-hmm. did mobile technology, made mobile video work on phones around the world. All right. And grew that up. We had tens of millions of users. We, we made Flash work on the iPhone and the iPad and things like <laughs> Until that. Until Steve Jobs decided that was not the case. <laughs> well, because Steve Jobs wouldn't allow Flash, yeah. we converted it to Apple native formats on the uh-huh. fly in the cloud. And then we started making the Verizon network more efficient for video and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that company uh, became part of Opera, mm-hmm. sold that. And uh, I met this guy named Ben Horowitz uh, uh-huh. after... Uh, uh, he was wandering around Palo Alto. Yeah, as he was there he to was do. at Koopa yeah. Cafe. Yeah. And, um, and he said... Looked like a homeless guy just standing there. Yeah, there he was. And uh, he said, hey, I hear you want to move to New York. And because my, my wife's a New Yorker. And you should meet Dennis Crowley. Ah. And we hit it off. Uh, and that's that's and Andreessen Horowitz is an investor. Andreessen Horowitz yep. is our biggest investor. Uh-huh. And what were you? what did you see Foursquare as? What was your... You know, I joined because I was inspired by what Dennis had as this vision of, you know, connecting the real world and the digital world and all the things invented. And I definitely saw that the technology was amazing and it had all these uses um, and it could be a real business. And so that got me excited. And I, I feel like it's a sacred trust because everyone who works at Foursquare loves the products. I mean, I'm addicted to 
to the Swarm game, and I, I, I find amazing places that I would never find, whereas I travel with Foursquare as a city guide. Um, but it's a sacred trust that, that we want to keep innovating, keep inventing things, and that means we have to make this a sustainable, profitable, real, valuable business. So with we these get other businesses, which are... With these enterprise and, uh, you know, media and developer tools businesses, which are growing, you know, over 100% year over year. And now they're, you know, they're over 80% of the revenue of the business. And so right. we, we're building a real business, and that's why raising... Yeah, forty-five million was a real testament to this is working. It was a question when 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 I joined. You know, we have a hundred thousand apps powered by the technology, but we didn't charge anyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I remember having an argument with yeah. Dennis, like, <laughs> "Hey, you know, they're calling us billions of times, you know, a year. Yeah, um, maybe they could contribute something yeah, to right, our, our right. server bills." Right. Um, and there was a lot of weight. We can't charge for this. And right. we went out and started Oh, you can charge, Dennis. <laughs> you know, it's an interesting how you do that. Now, it begs the question, given you've sold so many companies, did you all think of selling Foursquare? Because a lot of people do talk about the value of the data of Foursquare. Everyone, you know, when they, when they, you know how companies get trashed in the mm-hmm. typical internet gossip. Everyone always comes back to you, well, Foursquare has all this data. Yeah. Got all, it's, all, it's valuable to someone like a Google or a, a Facebook or something like that, or an Uber even. Lots of different kind of things if they're moving into other businesses. Have you thought about that, like the idea of building this and selling it, or is it an independent business? Well, it, it's come up, I mean, we've been around eight years, mm-hmm. so we've had our share of people that have been interested in acquiring the business at mm-hmm. one time or another. You know, like we're, we just, you know, we did around. What was it uh, this year? Earlier yeah, this year? January. It feels like forever ago. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we have it's, we have the strongest leadership team that we've you know in place now than we've ever had in the past. Like we have these products that are working, and so you know we have our sights set on on making that work. And it's you know you want to talk about the uh, he like stumbles. What, what the go goals ahead. are? What are the goals? Because well, you sell things, it sounds like. But go ahead. Well, you know, but I spent seven years building up building. building up those businesses too after even after we joined. The thing about it is our goal right now, we've set a, an internal goal that we want to be a hundred million dollar profitable business in revenue and you know, we wanna make as big an independent company after that that we can. Um, and we've got a plan, it's working. So uh, that's the plan to stick with it. Uh, are you close to that number? Those numbers? We are we are in planning horizon of that number exactly exactly to, using these data services using these data services yeah these the the developer tools the mapping technology that that folks like Apple and Twitter and Uber and Samsung and Microsoft are using the the media products that help advertisers understand if their ads are working and right. with what kinds of consumers and and who likes their business and how you can find more of them uh, and then the analytics uh, tools to understand. You know what businesses are are uh, surging and which are falling in in the real world. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So, Dennis, uh, we're going to finish out this section. You're talking about the check-in. What's happened to the check-in? What do you feel? Where's it going? The idea of it. Well, I mean, the check-in is just because it was initially faddish. Although it's still people do it all the time it's in not, different it's ways. Not faddish. I mean, no, it's but in, you know what I mean. It was the thing. It was the only. It was the thing about it. Yes. And yeah. now it's sort of everyone bef- does it. Yeah. Before, like you know. It was the thing to do on the internet for a while, yeah. as was you filter your photos, you put a puppy dog face on yourself with Snapchat. Like, you right. know, we kind of go through these phases where things are. But, you know, the check-in is still alive and well. 
and it exists. The thing is, it exists in a whole bunch of different apps. That's what now. I mean. Yeah. yeah, I mean, people like to to state, "Hey, this is what I'm doing right now." Right. You used to just do that with the check-in. People do it with the tweet. People might do it on Facebook. People do it with the Snapchat post, Instagram post. But the explicit statement of "This is what I'm doing," you know, I think what's been fortunate about the check-in is it just contains so much structure. It contains the place name. It contains the the date stamp. It can, mm-hmm. you know, and from that we can derive a history. Have you been here before? Do, mm-hmm. you, do you know a lot about this place? Should we tell you somewhere to? go afterwards? Is it interesting that you were at a place before this? And our whole infrastructure, everything we've done is based off of people just, you know, give us these little breadcrumbs about where they go in the real world. And we piece that puzzle together to kind of make this amazing map of, all right, what's happening? Where should people go? So right. I think it's it's alive and well. The thing that's super interesting, and this is what we've been chasing since like 2011, is like, what does a check-in look like that doesn't require you to do anything? Right. You know, like the point of Foursquare was not to make a, a check-in button. The point of Foursquare was to build this engine that can tell you amazing things about the real world. And the best way to do that is to just have the phones the understand right. yeah, where they are as they move in and out of places. I entered a Starbucks. I left a Starbucks. I was there for 14 minutes. I'm now inside of a butcher. I've never been in this place butcher shop before what should I do you know is once you get that stream of data right. from all of these devices that's when really magical things well can when happen. it starts talking to you well really. well it, it does talk to you right like kind so yeah, well, I think you have to pull a lot well Foursquare than... will send you push notifications yes now. and that's yeah. you know you it's not talking like a like a robot would talk to you do robots yeah. talk to you I don't know they're going to <laughs> <laughs> but like it sends you a message that you read yeah. right eventually you know we were we were playing with what the Apple ear pod not earbuds air earrings Apple earrings the Apple earrings mm-hmm. and at some point will we have a version of Foursquare that enables us to push an audio cue into someone's Absolutely. ear pod, ear pod, right. <laughs> Apple earrings, yeah. um, that says, hey, Dennis, look left and go inside this coffee shop because it's the best one in this neighborhood and you've never been inside this neighborhood right. before. That is the goal. Like that, well, we are going to talk about that in our magical. next section. Magical. Okay. Did you use the word magical? I, the, the, all the stuff we do is magical. All right, okay. Word. You know, okay. at the Apple event, they used the word magical just once, so I thought that was a good and day. And courageous. It oh, is courage. courageous. Courage. A courage. It's not courage. You know what's courage? Like living in Syria. Something. It's <laughs> yeah. not courage to remove the... The jack. The jack. It's a thing, but it's not that. All right. When we get back, we're talking to Dennis Crowley and Jeff Glick of Foursquare. And when we get back, we're going to talk about the future and where this all goes. We're location-based information, location intelligence. I kind of like that phrase, even though I mock most phrases. I kind of, it makes, it's a good phrase. It kind of grows on you. It does. I like it. It makes sense. It makes sense. That makes me feel great. But other phrases I don't like as much. Anyway, we'll be back (laughs) soon. Today's show is sponsored by Casper, which has made a perfect mattress and sells it directly to consumers to save you money. The Casper is an obsessively engineered mattress at a shockingly fair price. It combines springy latex and supportive memory foams to create an award-winning sleep surface with just the right sink and just the right bounce. Time Magazine named it one of the best inventions of 2015. Shipping to both the U.S. and Canada is completely free, and there's a 100-day risk-free trial and return policy. If you don't love your Casper mattress, they'll pick it up and refund everything. These mattresses are made in America. Get $50 towards any mattress purchase by visiting casper.com recode and using the promo code recode. Stop paying for the mattress industry's inflated prices. Go to casper.com slash R-E-C-O-D-E and use the promo code RECODE. Terms and conditions apply. FreshBooks is a super simple cloud accounting software that's helping over 5 million small businesses conquer their administrative and paperwork in less time with way less stress. It only takes 30 seconds to create and send a polished, professional-looking invoice. And customers who accept online payments with FreshBooks get paid three days faster on average. 
FreshBooks can even show you whether or not a client has looked at an invoice you've emailed. They also track your expenses, cash flow, and the time you're spending on each project. See how FreshBooks' thoughtful, intuitive design can make a huge difference in how you deal with your day-to-day paperwork. To get a free 30-day trial, go to freshbooks.com recode and enter recode decode in the How You Heard About Us section. That's freshbooks.com recode to start your 30-day free trial. We're here with Dennis Crowley, the founder of Foursquare, and his relatively new CEO, Jeff Glick. Um, We've been talking about a lot of issues around Foursquare and how it's changed and morphed its business, and it's focused a lot on data. Um, And there's the expression location intelligence, which you're using a lot, which you're trotting out a lot, and I actually doesn't irritate me, as most (laughs) phrases from internet entrepreneurs do. The idea of where we are is really interesting, and it's morphed and changed over the years, but it still hasn't quite gotten to that sort of, not AI point, but the AR point, mm-hmm. where it's really helpful, augmented reality. People think yeah. about it visually, but I think about it in hearing and different ways. So let's talk a little bit about where that location is going. I mean, either of you, where do you imagine it goes? You were just talking about something in your ear that starts talking to you and telling you things. Yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of, um, you know, this idea of software telling you what to do, right? Mm-hmm. We're, right now, as you mentioned, like everything's a pull model, you know, mm-hmm. like where should we go to dinner? Hold on, let me take my phone out of my pocket. Let me choose which app, app I'm gonna, open. yeah, or Foursquare. Foursquare. Or, and let me, you know, op- open the app of my choice and let me go through all the UX and figure out where we should go. When really, like these things are going to be smart enough, you could argue they're smart enough now to, you know, hey, I need, I need some place to go, where should I go? And just give me the recommendation. Like that will be the thing that you end up, you know, the, the verbal cue that you ask these pieces of software for. Um, you know, we have a project internally at Foursquare called Marsbot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, it's another app that we launched. Install, the idea is you install it on your phone and then you never use the app. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just runs in the background. Which you've been trying to do in different ways. You've yeah, yeah. I mean, it's show. in Foursquare, but I'm like, right. listen, there's so much stuff in Foursquare. Let's try this little thing on the side mm-hmm. and just make it super simple and see what people think about it. Uh-huh. And the idea is that it learns about, you know, where you live and where you work and the types of places you go to and what your habits are and where you like to eat and where you like to drink. And then it will wake up after a couple days of having it and it will send you a text message. And it's like, hey, I'm Marsbot. I got an idea for you. Let's go here for lunch. Ah. You know, or let's go here for dinner. Or, hey, I noticed a new place in your and neighborhood. And that's not paid for by here. No, no, no. No, no, no. no, 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 no. This is yeah. just, this thing is learning and trying to, you know, encourage you to do something that you norm- normally wouldn't have done. And do it before you kind of have that moment of like, Hold on, I got to go find a place. Let me pull it out right. of my pocket. Which you do but now. It's, it's personalized based on it learns about you from the places you go. You don't have to tell it. So it it knows. Hey, you really like uh, taquerias because I've seen you go to Tacombi and this other place. Now, so you need to try this other taqueria that's even higher rated uh, mm-hmm. that you haven't been to. And mm-hmm. so it's learning about you and sort of intelligently suggesting things. I, I think in general, Marsbot is sort of a research project mm-hmm. for what context can do to improve technology. Why is it called Marsbot? That's the little character that's been inside of Foursquare since, oh, I see. Uh, since early days. Okay, yeah. all right. Okay. Designed by our first designer, Mari. Right, okay. So the idea is that these are audio or visual cues. Where do you each see it going? I want you to sort of think out further. I mean, you do have these new earpods where they do, eventually they'll not be that big. It'll be like the movie Her where, where it talks to you, where it, start, it has a relationship with you. Where do you see it going in the near-term future versus 10 years out? What's near-term future? Well, like tomorrow, a couple of years. It uh, still seems so antiquated. It just well, we were does. talking today about how you know whether it's in your glasses or in you know in your earpods or your watch, or there'll be some kind of filtering that will have to happen because all these apps are pushing notifications at you, and we're going to enable people to be smart about where you're moving around the world. But 
certain devices are more personal and you'll have to have a really high standard of whether you want to be interrupted um, with I think audio or, is the way to go. I don't know why. I just feel like audio well, is... How many push notifications do you get on your phone? Too many. Yeah, and you're going to get them all in your ear? That's going to be crazy. Mm, not but, if you have a relationship with yeah, the Yeah, but every app developer thinks that their push notification is, is the most I'll tell important. You, I'll tell you, my relationship, what I talk about a lot with my Amazon Echo. That's how I see it. Like, I love my Amazon Echo. And yeah. I request things from it, and it gives me suggestions, and it's not interruptive. I do pull, but I pull in an audio fashion. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, it's getting close to that, a great relation. It's one of the best relationships I've had with a device. But it's still pull. It is, but it's pull in a way that makes sense. Like, I, yeah. I, I know the skills I put in there and the things I ask for. And yeah. so it's pull in a way that's... I know what I want. It doesn't know what I want, but then it can then start suggesting things to me. Yeah. At like, some point, Siri will, be, will work so well. And Siri, you'll have my, that Siri thing. is like the dumb cousin of Echo. <laughs> I don't know why. Huh? <laughs> what? I didn't mean to say that. But like, all the other pieces are there. Like you got the phone in your pocket. You, If people adopt the, the wireless earrings thing, yeah. then uh, you know that might be in your ear six hours a day. Yeah. And then those things are there. And then, then you basically have like the... You know, it's the interesting though that in the home, it's a better device. For, they ask for recipe number for lots of lots of things and I don't ask Siri anything because it never gives me the right answer it just doesn't seem to know who I call a lot and I always you know just it, it yeah. should know like when I call my son and I do it all the time and they're like which Louie I'm like there's one that yeah. I call all the time can oh, you yeah. just pick that one and just like it's really fascinating that it doesn't get that way and it's the same thing with going out and this is where a four square app mm -hmm. operating in the background would have some knowledge. Yeah. Well, then you could also think about things like the moment that you leave your house and you start walking east instead of west. Mm -hmm. And it's like, oh, where are you going? You know? Mm -hmm. uh, like, imagine a friend is walking alongside right. of you. Like, can we make a personality like that that talks to you in that sense? And mm -hmm. it's not crazy to think that we could do some of this stuff with mm -hmm. audio. And it's not 30 years out. I mean, we might be playing with this stuff a year from now. Right. Hey, where are you going? Do you need some help finding a place? No, I don't. Okay, I won't bother you. Right. Or, or, yes, I do. Well, what do you want to find? You want to get someplace to eat? I know of a great place to go eat. Right. Like we could write the copy. Which you to do have that. the data on, presumably. Of course we or do. Yelp yeah. or someone else. Well, we could, we also, we have the data and we can make it personalized. Like, mm -hmm. oh, I saw that yesterday. Yesterday we got tacos and two days before that we went to a steakhouse. Why don't we go try this new sandwich spot? Like, mm -hmm. we could make something that would talk to you like that mm -hmm. because, you know, we understand the way that people move through the world. What about visual? Jeff, how do you look at visual stuff? Well, I, I think a lot AR, of. AR, I guess we're talking about. Everyone's all into VR, but I think AR is more. We, we think AR more at least not as nauseous and <laughs> inducing but yeah when you look you look at a block that you haven't been at you know could you just overlay this is an amazing uh place that serves short ribs and you love short ribs as you're walking by you know remember it and then you tell it to save it or it just as you look around um just augmenting information i think that's interesting but i think for us a lot of what we want to do is power this power this and and uh there's going to be millions of developers and some of them are going to have more creative ideas that we never imagined but we want to be this location platform that allows developers to build contextually smart things um whether it's really really smart games of the future you know a better version of pokemon go that whispers in your ear you know there's there's this really valuable item that's around the corner you know turn around or, or when you, or only is unlocked when you spend five minutes in a mm -hmm. place, or maybe you know you walk into a coffee place and your character gets extra energy mm -hmm. all of a sudden, and in the real world, you know, real world people around you, your friends are are in the game as they move around this this sort of real world chessboard, and and then there's going to be bad ideas. I always joke that you know some diet app is gonna you know you're gonna commit to a low carb diet and it's gonna whisper. 
you went into the Dunkin' Donuts again. We see you. You mm-hmm. know, you promised not to. Um, actually, what, you want it to say, put that down. Yeah. Like right now. He wants to know. <laughs> put down the glazed actually, donut. Have, step away. To me, you'll have something in your body, and it knows what you're doing, and it says stop. Like, put that down and pick up an orange. Like, yeah. you're not allowed to touch that. This is this many calories. It starts to really shame you and horrify you. This is 599 calories in one bite, that kind of thing. That's where it gets useful. That's where I find a lot of these. I think a lot of this information that we have, even from Foursquare, from everywhere, is nearly useless because it's a flood of information that really is, you have to pick through. Yeah. Which is, it's sort of like all these library books on the floor. You're you're describing like AR stuff. I'm just imagining that scenario and I'm thinking, how do you do that? And you you could do it with with AR, right? The Mm -hmm. thing is, it's like, you know, Two weeks ago, if we were talking about the audio cues, it's like, well, who's going to be the first to make that? Mm-hmm. And then Apple goes out and says, hey, we're going to sell this for you know 150 bucks, and we're going to do it two weeks from now. So like, you can actually start playing with that stuff. True. When you talk about augmented reality, like the only thing we have to go off of is Google Glass. Right, which was and, a disastrous product and not a disastrous idea. Yeah, so once someone comes out with one, it's like, actually, I, can see, I could see myself wearing that for a couple mm-hmm. hours a day. Mm-hmm. Then all those ideas, I think, really start to I think to you think, need okay, an Amazon Echo. You need one. I have an Echo. Do you like it? It's fine. I mean, the only thing I do is like, hey, Easy. Alexa, play Spotify Discover Weekly. You got to you know? really get hey, Alexa, a little what's more the creative with it. Well, I don't do the recipes thing. Yeah, well, you need to do other things. There's lots of things to do in there. There's a compliment app. You should try that. Cat Facts. Yeah. Hey, Alexa, open Cat Facts. Yeah, 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 exactly. Try that. It's pretty good. So let's finish it. up talking about <laughs> entrepreneurship because you've both been longtime entrepreneurs and you, you jokingly called yourself the old man of the internet, which you kind of are. Um, you know what I mean? No, you're not. You know what I mean? You're a long time entrepreneur. Then I'll say, I'm super old, much older (laughs) than you. I was around when the internet was created in the 90s. I covered Al Gore doing the legislation for it. (laughs) When you're looking at this panoply of time, this amount of time that's come by, what does it strike you? What period are we in? Dennis, as someone who's been through several of these. What period are we in? Yeah, what does it feel like right now? Um, It feels like all the other ages, to Mm -hmm. be honest. When I say ages, it makes me feel super old. But there's like, we are 18 months away from being able to do the the thing that we've been thinking about doing forever. And Mm -hmm. if we talk, we did this interview 18 months ago, Mm -hmm. there was another thing that was just 18 months away, Mm -hmm. you know? And it's, that's that's what's so awesome about doing stuff in this space. Mm -hmm. And what's so awesome about like, you know, Foursquare, we are inventing the tools that people use to make this magical stuff that will exist in the future, um, is that it's, it's always changing. You know, like we had a vision for what we wanted to do with dodgeball and we just couldn't get it done. Mm-hmm. And instead of being like, oh, well, someone else will do it. Like we waited a couple of years and said, let's go build this thing again. There's iPhones, there's GPS, there's apps. People know how to use it. Mm-hmm. People aren't afraid of it. Let's go do it. Mm-hmm. And the things that we wanted to work or expected to work two years into Foursquare, they didn't exist. And we said, if we want to make this world that changes based upon where you where you walk around, we have to build this stuff. Apple and Google will not build the geofencing tools we need. We need to build them ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then like from a... But, to, but, but I'm talking about more how do you look at the, the market right now? Has it gotten less innovative? Do you feel that it's not? Or are there really... Like, you know, we, we walked in and you're like, Uber's now is a self-driving car. Like, here we are. No, I mean, this is like science fiction come to life. Like, everything's moving faster than I think people expected it to. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I, I remember... When Uber came out in 2010, and you're thinking, like, is this service even going to work in New York? I can hail a cab, no problem. And now, this is like five years, six years later, and there's self-driving cars in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. That, that's crazy. Mm-hmm. You know, we can talk here and be like, oh, no one will ever make this augmented reality thing. Mm-hmm. Like, who's ever going to make it? It's impossible. No, but it might be like February <laughs> that, you know, um, Magic Leap shows something or mm-hmm. someone else comes out with another version of glasses that you're like, holy cow, like, that's not crazy. Like, mm-hmm. I, I, I would wear that. Mm-hmm. And so, so you're still inspired, Dennis. I, you're, you're, making, you're totally making fun of me right yes, now. I but am. no, 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 no. Like, 
It's um how deft of you to understand my tone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm inspired because like there's just lots of cool stuff happening and we're like it's cool to be in the thick but of it. What would you do if you weren't doing this? Um I, I don't know. Like I think that's that's part of the problem, right? Is like this is the thing that I want to do. I want to make that thing. I want to make that Scarlett Johansson that whispers in your ear, but it's mm -hmm. all about local places and local discovery. Mm -hmm. I want to replicate the experience of walking through you know, a city with a friend that knows the city inside and out. Mm -hmm. And I want to make that for millions of people. And you know, if we're not going to make it with Foursquare, like, and you know, like the Foursquare app isn't that thing, then we will make the technology Power. and the data that powers it for someone else. And like, you know, that will be the legacy of what we've built, not just with Foursquare, but what we started with Dodgeball. It's like, we had these ideas and oh, we the saw same them, bright line. well, we see. saw them all the way through completion. We didn't mm -hmm. give up in the middle, like when it got really hard, like when Google shut the first one down, when Foursquare got super hard, we just powered through and eventually the stuff will exist and we'll sit back and be like, we played a hand in making that vision of the future right. You're like, very a reality. persistent, yeah. Dennis. What about you? What do you, how do you look at this? This uh, era? Yeah. <laughs> I'm reminded of that, wasn't it Joe and Lai who was asked about the French Revolution? What did you think of it? And it's too early to tell. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, we talked about... Oh, that Joe and Lai was we, a funny We guy. talked about... I, I actually... No, he really was. I, I, uh, there's only a few periods in history where you go through this fervent that mm -hmm. young people, and I still consider myself relatively young, <laughs> um, you know, can build new things. I mean, for most of human history, uh, you know, whether it's like the 1840s and, and the revolution in America, there's just like these periods of this fervent and, and we're in one. And I think it's kind of exciting. I mean, the, the 1950s life of working your way up the corporate ladder would have been, you know, stultifying and, and to be, you know, 20 something and have gotten, you know, if someone hands you $16 million, go build this idea about like, making travel great for procrastinators or make a game that you can play on your mobile phone that tells you where your friends are and where the best places are around you. Like, that's cool. So, and I, I'm, I'm still excited by that. So I, to be, uh, I don't like to be a skunk at a garden car party, though I do. What could stop it? What are you worried about as an entrepreneur? Either the, the whole technology industry? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, we go through periods of, of being overheated or, or impractical. I think what's nice about coming into Foursquare now is we've built all this technology and this data, um, but we had to go through this growing up period where we are a real business and that lets, get, earns us the right to keep investing and inventing the future. And so there, you know, there were periods of baloney, you know, well, free dog food delivery, 50 mm -hmm. pound bags and things, mm -hmm. you know, just this like craziness. Which I guess got the other day, by the way, they do it. They still do it. <laughs> it's it <works> great. <laughs> and I don't pay that. anything for it. And Amazon is, is happy to pay yeah. for it. What about you, Dennis? Um, what the stuff that scares mm -hmm. us? I, you know, like um, people on the on the internet joke about like um, if these are the problems that we're solving, like how hard our lives must be, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah. like, are there things in the world that will bring all of the world's big problems into perspective, and then make you know the the hard problems that we're solving every day about you know geolocation and finding stuff make those things seem seem trivial? Mm -hmm. So I'm not worried that technology will keep innovating in a way that's exciting. I do think there's there's sort of the political implications of technology I, I do think about. This is a day where Uber launched the self-driving car and there's several hundred thousand Uber drivers. And yep, so I've we talked been, about that earlier, on, yeah. You know, what what happens in employment? I, I'm, I'm optimistic, ultimately. You know, Joblessness. I, I, um, you know, will there be jobs in the future? And I, I mean, I always say you go back to the mid-1800s and, you know, 80% of the population was in agriculture, mm -hmm. um, and now 2% is, 
is in agriculture or there less. There was much pain in that shift, though. And we forget that. It was a lot of pain, but ultimately, you know, new jobs are created. But the inequality effects of change are real. Mm-hmm. And I think the political ramifications. election, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that's easy to, to absolutely, do. Absolutely. You know, yeah. there's that, that book from your old professor throwing rocks at the Google bus, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. because we haven't figured out how to make everyone feel an equal stake in all this change. And that feels kind of good for some people. Uh, I did not do any rock throwing. Um, <laughs> let me be clear. Let me ask the last question for each of you. I ask everybody as entrepreneurs, what's a mistake you made that you learned from or perhaps you didn't learn from or something that you keep in mind that you shouldn't do anymore? You know, I'm much better now at knowing what I'm good at and knowing what I'm not good at. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think in my journey of trying to figure out how to go from, you know, Johnny startup CEO with two people to, hey, there's 200 people at this company. There's a bunch of things I got wrong about like delegating things that I was good at or maybe holding on to things that I was bad at. Mm -hmm. And so whenever I give advice to entrepreneurs now, it's like, you know, you got to know what you're good at and you got to own those things at the business. Like, Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm good at product stuff. I feel like I'm good at some of the vision and strategy stuff, but like hands in operational stuff. Like, you know, it's just not, it's not the thing that I'm passionate about. And I think, um, you know, now I'm in a good spot where I have a great team in place that does those things and it frees me up to do some of the things that I feel as if I'm good at. I think whenever I go wrong, it's when you have a vision of how things should be and you don't take the time to get the buy-in from folks. It's just mm-hmm. like, go do this instead of really letting your teams feel ownership and why, why mm-hmm. you're doing it and, and they get to shape it. So those are lessons I've learned the hard way. Lessons are, although some people, the fashion approach works just fine, which is really interesting. <laughs> you know what I mean? It depends on the team you build. You know, just go and do this, and this is how I want it done. I mean, our culture is not, I don't think, would take well to the Steve Jobs screaming. Right. Um, yeah. I don't know. Perhaps that, the Uber mentality. Yeah, right. I mean, every company has different personalities, reflective right. of the people that help build those companies. Right, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't see you as that kind of company at all. <laughs> anyway, I really appreciate you guys being here. We're here with Dennis Crowley and Jeff Glick of Foursquare. We've been talking about all kinds of things. Thank you guys so much for coming by. This is fun. Thanks for having us on the show. If you enjoyed the interview as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the show. Be the first to listen to future episodes or catch up on previous episodes, including some really fantastic interviews I've done with Niantic CEO John Hankey, Walker & Company CEO Tristan Walker, and TaskRabbit CEO Stacey Brown-Philpot, just to name a few. All of those interviews and more are at recode.net slash decode. Now that you're done with this, why not try one of our other podcasts? Recode Media with Peter Kafka comes out every Thursday. On Fridays, I host Too Embarrassed to Ask with Lauren Good of The Verge. And on Recode Replay, you can find audio from our events like the Code Conference, Peter Kafka's Code Media, and Jason Del Rey's Code Commerce. Thanks for listening. Thanks also to Digital Media, which distributes this show. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. Be sure to subscribe to the show and leave us a review at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode. I'll be back here on Monday with another great guest. Tune in then.